We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand a chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. Sean Payton, keep talking that shit. we gonna see him soon. You feel me? Welcome to Budding Heads from Ramstock Radio. I'm Steve Barrow. Uh, just enjoying the new theme music in my headphones. I'm here as always with Johnny Gomez, who Johnny, unfortunately, I don't think can hear the theme music while i'm listening to it shame on you steve i mean i want to jam out while you are obviously jamming out while i'm just sitting there like an idiot ah blame derek for his podcast recording software uh and blame spreaker for not allowing you to hear that beautiful theme song i was gonna say the name of the song but it doesn't have one Well, I'll just blame Derek because it's easier to blame Derek. Always the way to go. Always, always the easiest route. Uh, well, we're back, guys. This is, uh, I believe, this is episode fifty-three, fifty-two, or fifty-three. So, for anyone who's listened since episode one, we appreciate you. For anyone who's listened since episode fifty-one, we appreciate you too. Uh, but this week, we're going to be talking about 
Rams schedule preview part three. We got Pittsburgh. We got Chicago. We got Baltimore. And we got Arizona. Uh, so a couple birds at the back half of the show. But before we get into it, guys, of course, we if you haven't given us a five-star rating yet on our Apple, Apple Podcasts, if that's where you're listening, what are you doing? Five stars, if you please. Uh, if you want to write something even better, but... Wherever you're getting your podcast, we'd love a rating, whether it's iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google Play, Android, Player FM, Radio Public, and Spotify. If we're not somewhere where you're looking for your podcast, tell us, and we'll put we'll get there. And don't forget to check out our other shows on the network, Rams Talk Radio, getting you two episodes a week, and Rams Uncensored. Uh, gotta love both the shows, and with football finally gearing back up. We're finally getting close, Johnny. Uh, it's no better time to get back into the podcast uh, if you missed a couple. Well, so we got the Rams coming off the bye week. If you didn't listen to the last two episodes, Johnny and I both had them at 7-1 and one heading into the bye. I had them losing to Cleveland. Johnny, I believe you had them losing to Seattle? Uh, I believe I had them losing to San Francisco. Ah, Okay. That was close in the division. All right. Well, nonetheless, we both had him going seven and one, and now we're back. Week ten after the bye, traveling to Pittsburgh to take on the Steelers. Uh, nine six and one last year for Pittsburgh. They barely missed out on the playoffs, but I mean, I mean, the Pittsburgh Steelers are a one well-oiled machine. Always have been. Probably always will be. Jenny, what do you expect from the, the Steelers this year? You think they're going to be, be back in the playoffs? No. Whoo! Okay. <laughs> Point blank, no. And the reason being is because last year they had every opportunity to make the playoffs. And they just really – well, I was going to say it. They fucked up. Like, I, I don't I, – if you go back a couple of weeks, I don't know how they missed the playoffs. Like they they're there, and they miraculously found a way to get out. And as you said, their record wasn't bad nine six and one wasn't a terrible record. But now you're coming back, missing. You know you're not even missing a few players. You're you're missing key assets to your team from the previous year. Uh, although one of them I guess never really played last year. But um, overall. I, I just think that they're an aging team, especially on the offensive side of the football. And they still have some players, and they'll be competitive for sure. But I don't really expect them to make it to the playoffs. No, I don't. I, I'm. It's tough for me to say that like they wouldn't make the playoffs because last year was the first time in – since 2013 that they missed the playoffs they haven't had a losing season since 2003 which is it's pretty fucking crazy i mean they're not look they're not the patriots but that's it's a pretty damn impressive run they had two coaches in that time frame quarterbacks remain the same but look when you got ben roethlisberger i can't count you out of the playoffs but i think you're right i, I don't think i'd pick them to make the playoffs uh, their division is getting tougher this year. We talked about Cleveland. That's a team on the rise with a lot of talent. Uh, and we'll talk about Baltimore later in this podcast. And we talked about Cincinnati and we don't believe in them, but 
No, you're right. They're they're a team that doesn't make a ton of moves in free agency. Uh, you look at the rosters. The only players in their starting lineup that they didn't draft are Vance McDonald, Dante Moncrief, Joe Hayden, and Steven Nelson. Uh, this is the depth chart according to our lads. That's that's a pretty significant amount of guys that they signed themselves. Or, sorry, they drafted themselves. I mean, Ben Roethlisberger obviously was a homegrown guy. The other hot commodities in their offense, Juju Smith-Suster and James Conner, guys they drafted. A lot of their offensive line, guys they drafted. On the other side of the ball, you got guys like TJ Watt, who they drafted, uh, Cameron Hayward, and rookie Devin Bush, who we expect to be a big, big factor. They're going to be good. They're going to be a tough out because, I mean, the Steelers are always a tough out. But it is it is funny to say that, like, we both probably don't think they're going to make the playoffs. And they're going to be an interesting team to watch this year. They they get the AFC East, and which is um, probably the division you'd want to play in the AFC. You get a loss to the Patriots, but you're probably picking up three wins if you're a capable team. They also get the NFC West, though, which I think, as we talked about, has three formidable opponents, and then the Cardinals, who we'll talk about later. But, yeah, I don't think I picked them in the playoffs. And I don't know, man. It's it's weird, but, like, I don't have a lot to say about the Steelers. I like, what else, what else is there to talk about? They lost to Antonio Brown. I guess my player to watch would be Juju, Juju Smith-Schuster, who is a really, really good talent, really good player, USC guy, so I'm sure you're a big fan of him. He's Oh, yeah. <laughs> he's young, uh, he's really likable, and he's good. The thing I want to watch out, though, is he. I think having Antonio Brown on the other side of him was obviously a huge benefit. Antonio Brown, who we talked about in our you know, active players who have a good chance of being in the Hall of Fame podcast, He's a freaking stud, man. No matter what you think about him, no matter what you think about how he handles his offseason this year, but that guy's a damn good football player. And when the defense shifts from focusing on him to focusing on you, it's going to be a big test for Juju. I think he will overcome it. I wouldn't be shocked if his numbers dip a little from last year, but I still think they'll be stellar. Uh, but that's just a guy on the series I'll be watching this year. Who you got? Or, I mean, what else you got to say about this team? Well, the Pittsburgh Steelers are. are... Like I said, they have some couple of key guys. You mentioned uh, Juju Smith-Schuster, uh, who, fun fact, uh, if you guys don't know, I'm a huge UCLA fan, and Juju was the one that got away. I mean, he was he was uh, indicating the entire recruiting process that he was going to UCLA, and then last minute he flipped the switch and went to USC. So, uh, yeah, heartbreak there. But... Uh, <laughs> Enough of that. Um, yeah, Juju is definitely a guy to look out for, but uh, I'm going to kind of cheat a little bit here. I'm going to say I have an offensive player to watch and kind of a defensive core to watch. Go for uh, it, because I don't have a lot left to say about the Steelers. <laughs> so um, offensive guy is James Conner. Because I'm really intrigued to see what Connor does this year. Because last year, I mean, nobody, at least before the season started, nobody really penciled this guy as being, you know, uh, as talented as he was. And 
by a little bit of an account, I do think that it was a, a little bit of overhype, if I'm going to be honest. But I can't deny that he had a really good season last year, and that's without Le'Veon Bell there. So that's something to be said. So I'm really interested to seeing if this is the same James Conner as was uh, last season. And if so, um, he's going to be someone to watch out for in this game. And as for my defensive can presence. I, can I jump in on Connor before we get on the defensive stuff? Yeah, go for it. So you look at Connor's numbers from last season, and this is kind of just a, a spiel for fantasy owners who are listening to this podcast. He had a stretch uh, from week five to week eight where he ran for 100 yards every week. He totaled during that stretch. 474 yards and six touchdowns added in 215 yards through the air and a touchdown, which for four games is fucking incredible. That is a hell of a run. Uh, But outside of those four games, he had one game where he ran for over 65 yards. So he had that stretch. And then to end the year, he didn't even reach 70 yards in his last five games. Then he got hurt. Jalen Samuels took over. Uh, his touchdown numbers were, were stellar. He had 12 on the year. Uh, even if he had six during that four-game stretch, uh, I mean, another six during the other stretch is, is not bad at all. In fact, it's, it's pretty good. Uh, his receiving numbers down the stretch during that final five games, he only had one game uh, with over 30 yards. So I'm just saying, man, I'm proceeding with caution on James Conner because Jalen Samuels, who we talked about, is there. Do I necessarily think he's going to you know, split carries with Conner? No, I don't. But he, he played all right during his stretch, and I think he he's going to get more work than people think. And do I think Con- – like, I think Conner's probably more of the guy we saw – during the good games than he was during the bad games and the system benefits him, but he's just, he's not Le'Veon Bell. Le'Veon Bell is really fucking good at football. And so is Connor, but like Bell was, was kind of tabbed as one of those top tier guys for a reason. And I don't think Connor is, I think he's good, but you know, I'd put Bell on the same level as Todd Gurley and Ezekiel Elliott and those guys. Like he, you watch him play football, you watch him run. And it's not flashy, but if you just watch him play to play, run through the tackles with the Steelers, it's just so impressive how good he is. And Connor's not that guy, and I think they can win without that guy. But I do think they miss Bell a little bit, and I know it's weird to say because Connor did well, but if Bell's there, they probably do make the playoffs, in my opinion. Yeah, I completely agree. You know, Connor isn't Bell. That I don't think anyone's. I don't even think Steeler fans would argue with you. They wouldn't be happy to admit it, but. Uh, I I don't think they would argue. But, um, yeah, I, I couldn't agree more with you. I think there is kind of an overhype on Connor a bit. Uh, I, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that he, he ain't going to do well, but I'm not going to sit here and tell you that he's going to have an amazing season. So I, this is a guy for me to watch. But now on the defensive side of the ball, on the flip side, um, I'm going to say the entire linebacking core. And the reason being is because the linebackers have potential, you know, they, um, and the thing about the Steelers is that's kind of been their shtick 
you know, throughout history is having a decent linebacking core. But, you know, they they got in um, – they got and drafted Devin Bush, who I think was an excellent selection. They traded up to get him. Honestly, that that was I don't I don't think you can get any better there. Uh, fit the need perfectly. On top of that, they have a lot of younger guys on there, and they have a familiar face too. Do you know who he is, Steve? Dude, I they don't have him listed in the starters, but I'm just seeing this now. Mark Barron. I totally forgot they signed him. <laughs> totally <laughs> forgot true. about that. <laughs> this whole segment. They um. They do also have Mark Barron, and I to, to tell you the truth, I don't think he will be the starter. I think he might squeak his way on to uh, get some playing time if you know uh, if he if he isn't able to you know take over for a rookie. I, I think he'll have to you know squeak some playing time here and there, but um, that's still not bad depth to have considering this this guy was our starter last year. Uh, past couple years so that's something to consider you know I'm really intrigued with with this defensive unit and I think that's really what's going to keep the Steelers uh, competitive throughout you know this entire season won't be their offense I promise you that damn throwing shots at that offense yeah that's it's a pretty stacked linebacker court and if Barron's your first guy off the bench that's pretty damn good Uh, also from the depth chart, second inside linebacker off the bench, Tyler Matakavage, went to football camp with me when I was in high school. Uh, but luckily, I didn't have to compete against him in any drills because he's way bigger than me. <laughs> Just a fun fact for listeners. Uh, I got the Rams winning this game 27-17, to 17, uh, though it wouldn't shock me if they, they lost. Steelers are good. They're always tough. Coming off a of bye week, they could be rusty. Uh, in Pittsburgh, tough pace to play, but... I'm not, I'm not that concerned. I, I think we got this one in the bag. What do you got? Yeah, I'm kind of the same as you were. Uh, you know, since they are playing in Pittsburgh, it's it's a hostile environment. This is one of the toughest uh, places to play in the entire league. So uh, for that reason, I think it's going to be a little bit closer than, you know, if they were playing in Los Angeles. Um, add in the defensive presence, I think it won't be a walk in the park. So, uh, I do think it's going to be a tad closer. I'm thinking like probably 21-14 uh, final for the Rams. Uh, I'll throw in a little tidbit also. Uh, I don't think he's – I actually, I'm not even sure if he's in the NFL anymore, but I went to high school with Chris Carter, the former linebacker, uh, oh. for – yeah. Uh, so weird how that works. This is what the people are listening for for sure are random high school tidbits. <laughs> All right, week eleven, Chicago home this time. Thank God. Uh, last year I was at this game. It was freezing. It was as cold as it looked, and the Rams got their ass kicked. But the Bears. Let's talk about the Bears. Finished twelve and four last year. Started out the year three and three. Finished twelve and four. Uh, a team that the Rams talk staff was very high on. And we, I'm still, we're still taking victory laps here. Uh, their only loss during that stretch uh, after going three and three was to the Giants, which was a game I was also at, and a oddly really fun game. Their season came to a close on a double doink field goal by Cody Parkey in the playoffs, losing to the Eagles in a heartbreaker. 
But, Johnny, I'll give you the floor. Do you believe in the Bears long term? Do you think that they're going to be like the Rams after the breakout year or like the Jaguars? So you're probably going to really hate me for this. And uh, to the listeners, you might hate me a little bit too. But when you see a pun, you just got to go for it. So I'm going to say I'm a bully bear. <laughs> I'm in. Come on. <laughs> I'm a bully bear. I, I'm not. I'm not gonna lie. You gotta this emphasize is, uh, the bear so you don't sound like saying believer like Justin Bieber. Uh, yeah, no, no, no one's a believer. Uh, yeah, no, no one is. But um, <laughs> the the bears are just uh, they're they're exactly what previous Bears teams are. Defense and just say it, Johnny. Who, the Bears are who they thought we were. Damn. And who we thought they were. Uh, very true. And, and on top of that, it's a little bit more than that because their offense is no slouch either. And I'm more than confident that this is going to be one of the toughest teams in the NFL. So this, even, even if coming to Los Angeles, this is going to be one of the toughest, if not the toughest game for the Rams uh, next season on or this upcoming season rather. Yeah. The, if I think they're much more closer to us than Jaguars, uh, if will talk about him, but th- it's a pretty loaded team. They, they didn't make a lot of moves in the off season, but I don't, I don't think they needed to. That was a good football team. And you know, that's sh- that stretch of games. They weren't playing against like the best teams in the league to say, when they when they went on that run, uh, eleven and eleven and one to end the year, but I mean, sorry, nine and one. But I mean, they whooped our ass, and at that point, we were the best team in the league. Uh, they they beat the Packers, they beat the Lions twice, they beat the Vikings twice. Uh, and, you know, it's not, it's not terrible teams during that run. Uh, they got the Jets and the Bills, but I mean, still the the loss of the Giants was weird. But look, man, this this is a really, really good defense. And like you said, it, it kind of an underrated offense. They, they got some talent in there. Uh, if Anthony Miller gets better, uh, if Riley Ridley can prove to be something, that, that receiving core is only going to get better. Allen Robinson and Taylor Gabriel are both good players. Uh, the tight ends, Trey Burton and Adam Sheehan, is a, it's a pretty solid combo. They, they punched up the running back crew. They got rid of Jordan Howard, but... They did draft David Montgomery and bring on Mike Davis, who's an underrated player, and of course Tariq Cohen's still there, who's always a threat. Uh, this is a good football team. I think it's a well-coached football team. The big key here for that for their success is, um, I feel like an idiot. What? Oh, fit. how they replace Fangio, whose name I just forgot, Vic Fangio, with Chuck Pagano, how he steps in and runs that defense because. Uh, Fangio is a, a defensive mastermind and I do think there's too much talent on this defense for them to really not live up to, to where they were last year or close to it but that, that'll that be a big that's a big factor to watch I think in this team you know competing at the level that they want to compete at which is for a championship yeah absolutely I mean anytime you get a, a change in philosophy especially in a team that was such so talented as the bears were, you know, that's always going to be a concern, 
But it's kind of like you said, you know, they have a lot of talent there. Like they're, there's no doubt about it that this is one of the best defenses in the league. So is it going to be a huge factor? I don't think so, but will it be a factor? Possibly. And I think at the end of it all, you know, this is still going to be a team that has, you know, a guy like Khalil Mack that is going to be gunning for Jared Goff. And as we've seen this past uh, season that if you pressure Goff, he just he turns into Jared Goof. So <laughs> he's <laughs> absolutely was... Jared Goof when we played them. Oh, I mean. And, and I can't blame him either. I mean, I think I would turn into Jared Goof also if I saw Khalil Mack bulldozing our offensive lineman just to get to me. You know, the that's uh, you know that's one of the o- only other guys that I'd be just as scared if uh, you know, I- unless it's Aaron Donald, in which case you, Goff is lucky that he's a teammate. So there's that. <laughs> Overall, though, I think. Um, I think this is going to be a very competitive game. And um, I don't think that it's going to be as much of an ass-kicking as it was last season for the Rams. Because, I mean, I know we kind of say it was, but in the in the end, the defensive uh, you know, process of the Rams kept... Uh, you know, kept the Rams in the game. And I think it's going to be borderline the same way because while there is people that, you know, hype up Mitch Trubisky, I kind of have a love-hate relationship with the guy. There are times where I'm like, man, I can feel the hype on this dude. And then there are times I'm like, we were hyping this guy? You know, and last season against the Rams, it was kind of the same thing, you know. He was uh, terrible. 110 yards, one touchdown, three interception, went 16 for 30. So, I mean, he, he, for all their defense did to help us win that game, he almost threw him out of the game. Exactly. And, you know, uh, uh, part of that was Aaron Donald, you know, getting to him a few times. But, uh, yeah, I, that's that's kind of where, where I'm at there is I think it's going to be a battle of the defenses once again. And, and I think this time around you're going to – have some changes on both sides, but in regards to the Rams, I think Sean McVay, it's another year of growing for him because while we see him as this coaching God, he still is, is learning along with the rest of the team. You know, there's stuff he has to learn along the way. And evidence was, uh, evidence of that was during this past Super Bowl. He was out coached. So, um, in, in the end, I, I think that the Rams are going to have a little bit of an advantage because I do think the Rams' offense is much more talented than the Bears. And I think McVay is going to be the X factor here where I think he's going to lead the Ram offense to change the uh, point of attack a little bit. Yeah, I, th- I think he will adjust. And you're right. Look, we we do look at McVay with this lens like the man should be making no mistakes because he's been so freaking impressive during his short run with the team. But he's he's still the youngest coach in NFL history, and he's coached for two years. Uh, he he was due to have some slip-ups at some point. The Super Bowl you know, it came at the worst time, but it was – I'm sure in the grand scheme of things, it'll be a learning experience and an understandable hiccup and an otherwise – uh, fantastic career, and he's going to have his bad games. This was definitely one of them last year, but uh, 
for for all the bad games McVay had, I think this game was more on your boy Jared Goof. Uh, this was really probably his worst game of the year. Uh, maybe that Denver game was a little worse, but this one was ugly. I do want to circle back to Trubisky though. It it's it, I don't know. His he's just you look at his numbers from last year, and it's kind of um, like we just talked about with James Conner. His last five games of the season. He and and Chase Daniels played two games, so he missed a couple. But uh, this was week his the tenth game, and then the last four weeks against the Rams, Packers, 49ers, and Vikings. He averaged one hundred eighty three yards a game. He one hundred eighty four. I'll round up. He threw five touchdowns and five interceptions. You can't win. At least with how he plays, and this will be an interesting topic for the next game we talk about. But when your team, that, when Mitchell Trubisky is your quarterback, I don't really think you can win when he's throwing for 184 yards a game long term. Uh, it worked during the stretch because the defense is so good, but it, I don't think that wins you a championship. I mean, defense wins championships is a true statement for the most part, but at some point, a team's going to slip through the cracks. You got to be a little better, and this team will go as far as he can take them. I mean, look, he, last year he had a game where he threw for six touchdowns and 354 yards uh, on a 73% completion percentage. He can be the guy. Uh, he just needs to prove it on a more consistent basement, basis. He, he, I think he can get there, but he's definitely going to be a guy that we're going to have to keep a strong eye on. Now, I do think we talked about the Bears enough, Johnny. We're, you're circling the well here. What's your prediction? So I think I'm going to go ahead and say, like, uh, my player to watch out for, and this is going to be one of the deciding factors for me, is uh, Roquan Smith. I think he was one of the unsung heroes for the Bears last season. And I think if he continues to progress, this is going to be the guy um, that might, you know, tip the Bears over the edge. But I think in the end, the Rams still have the high-powered offense, and I do think that I do think that uh, McVay is going to make the right adjustments to barely overcome this team, and I think that the Rams end up taking this sixteen to ten. There you go. I, I will throw out my player to watch as well. I'm looking at Mike Davis. Uh, he he signed on, I think, thinking he'd take that Jordan Howard role and drafting Jer- David Montgomery obviously complicates things. I don't want to spend five minutes talking about Mike Davis right now, but I do think he's going to have a role in this offense, and I'm curious to see what exactly it is because I think he, he was an underrated player last year. The Bears have beaten the Rams in six of the last seven times they played, uh, including last year. The last time the Bears won in Los Angeles, it was in 1982, if I'm getting that right. Uh, though, unfortunately, I think that changes this year. I got the Bears running 20-17. to 17. I just do not think we match up well, well with this team. Uh, as we mentioned in the past, Tariq Cohen is not a matchup I like, although I think we did a decent job containing him last year. Uh, but... That defense is good, and it's going to give us problems. And I don't know. It just doesn't feel like this is a game we win. You hate to say it. All right. So 
with that, I got the Rams at eight and two, and you got them at nine and one. And before we get to our next game, guys, we do have to talk about you know the fact that most of us are practically to anything that has to do with the Los Angeles Rams. And if you haven't already, but you want to learn about the team's history with a bit of a personal touch, check out our friend Jim Hawk's book. Hollywood's team, Grit, Glamour, and the 1950s Los Angeles Rams. This is a book that tells a story about the 1950s Rams who lines of Jim's dad, John, played offensive lineman for the team from 1953 to 1957. It's a son's story about his father and the team he played for in the era of glitz, glamour, and future Hall of Famers. That's guys like Norm Van Brocklin, Tom Fears, Crazy Likes Hirsch, and Les Richter in a story that spans the 1950s Los Angeles Rams as well as the 1950s Brooklyn Dodgers a little bit, moving out to L.A., how'd that go down? You'll learn about how that happened and a lot more about just L.A. at this time and a, a pretty interesting period in the city's history. You can find this book online at hollywoodsteam.com and on Twitter at hollywoodsteam. It's available in both hardback and electronic form at Amazon and Barnes & Noble. If you're waiting for the paperback, it's coming at you in September. You're almost there. You can finally get this book. Guys, Johnny's read it. I've read it. It's worth every penny for any Rams fan out there, but it's also just a great story about a person's father and the legacy left behind. Again, guys, that's Hollywood's team, Grit, Glamour, and the 1950s Los Angeles Rams by Jim Hawk. It is well worth your time. Week 12, back in LA again, we got the Baltimore Ravens, a team that had a breakout season of sorts last year and a little changing in the guard. They they benched Joe Flacco after the team was uh, four and five heading into their bye week. They come out, they start Lamar Jackson, and they finish six and one and make the playoffs. So, really, there's it feels like there's one thing we could talk about when it's Baltimore, and it's an interesting topic, and that is Lamar Jackson. Uh, after after his rookie year, he went six and two as a starter, including that playoff game. It feels like they got their ass kicked in the playoffs and the Chargers kind of figured him out and everyone is just trying to close the book on Lamar Jackson saying that there's no way you could feasibly compete with this guy as your quarterback. But Johnny, I'm curious to hear, I want to hear your take about how you feel about Lamar Jackson being the starting quarterback and if you could win with him. (sighs) Okay, so I'm going to be honest here. I am not a... Lamar Jackson supporter and the reason being is I just feel like he was overly hyped um a lot last year during the draft during the regular season and I'm just puzzled as to why you know don't get me wrong he has a lot of playmaking ability especially as a mobile quarterback but I you know, people are saying his arm is there, his arm is there, he has an accurate arm. And I'm like, where? I have yet to really see it. I mean, he he gets a nice throw in there every now and then, but he's an NFL quarterback. I should hope he should. You know, I, I don't know. Like, maybe I'm being a little too harsh, but, like, in regards to his arm, I just don't think he's going to be that quarterback that's going to get the Ravens to the next level. You know, I, I think he's a talented athlete, and in that regard, he's kind of like Michael Vick, but Michael Vick had a arm. You know, that's one of the reasons why 
he's probably the best dual threat quarterback in NFL history. So I don't know. For me, I'm not a Lamar Jackson supporter. And uh, I just think that um, Lamar Jackson isn't really the guy. I, I don't know. Are, what are you thinking, Steve? I'm not going to compare him to Michael Vick. Uh, <laughs> after his rookie year, I'm going to compare him to Tim Tebow. Wow. Tim you Tebow. You know, here, here's why. Okay. Tim Tebow, at his second year, he came in as a starting quarterback. He he took some lumps at the beginning, but ultimately he led his team to the playoffs. He found a way to win games despite um, not you know having the ideal pro football arm. He got them to the playoffs. He threw for 316 yards in the playoffs. They won the playoff game. And what happened after that? They signed Peyton Manning, and we never got to see what happened after that. That's what happened. We'll never know. We'll never know if he could have been successful. And, I mean, the verdict is probably that he wasn't, but I stand by the fact that he never got that fair shake uh, because there was just something unique about him. He was such a weird dual-threat quarterback. You had to build the offense around him, and uh, it got them to the playoffs. They had a really, really good stretch of games in there. And now we get to Lamar Jackson, who was better than he was, than Tim Tebow was that year, even though they lost in the playoffs. Uh, his arm looked better. And on the ground, I think he's a more versatile runner, even though Tebow was just a tank. But we're finally going to get to see what happens when you have a unique quarterback who isn't a great passer, but a really good runner, and you could actually tailor the offense around him. We're finally going to get to see how it works out in 2019 with Lamar Jackson. And look, I'm not ready to sit here and say that you can win a championship with him as your quarterback. That's be ridiculous to say after what you saw in that playoff game, but also one bad game against a team that you played two weeks prior and, know had a chance to really think about things and think about how they could fix it I don't think the verdict's out yet I think people are forgetting that they went six and one with him at the quarterback position you could say they played some sus competition sure they did his first three starts were a Cincinnati Oakland and a dwindling Atlanta team but after that they they lost to Kansas City by three they beat the Chargers who they lost in the playoffs, and they beat the Browns at the end of the season. So, I guess I'm kind of in. I don't know. Am I crazy? Yes. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say that uh, Lamar Jackson doesn't have potential, but I don't know. Based on what I've seen of, you know, the, the short sample I've seen, albeit, I just – as an NFL quarterback, I don't know. I don't know if he's going to be the guy. He's certainly going to be the athletic guy. That much I will definitely give you. And that's where he's obviously the biggest threat. But as a NFL quarterback, like I, I just see like the Rams secondary rubbing their hands together saying, oh, man, throw it this way. Please throw it. And I, I think that's why they're they're going to keep it on the ground. But there's also a danger to that, too, 
you know, this you you don't want your starting quarterback to go out because uh, who do you bring in? RG three? Yeah, well, that's another topic. All right, you're you're talking to a big RG three guy over here. <laughs> uh, we're not going to talk about RG three. I think I think this will be a really really interesting team to watch because of how they mask Jackson's weaknesses as well as how you know he develops as a passer. I I, I don't think he's a like I I do think he's a bit of a better passer than Tim Tebow. Uh, not by that much of a margin, but enough where, like the thing about Tebow is the mechanics were so wonky and flawed that you know I think if they didn't get Peyton, he would have started the next year and it would have been interesting to watch. But uh, obviously they got Peyton Manning. He, as much as I love Tim Tebow, they'd be moronic to not go that route. But I I just can't wait to see how it works out, man. I can't wait to see what kind of offense they roll out. Uh, they bring in Mark Ingram, so they shore up the running game a bit. Uh, he's a good runner. I, I, we've talked about him. I, I'm not the biggest Mark Ingram guy, but he's certainly good. And they have some. They have some talent. They're not loaded around uh, Lamar Jackson on offense, but there are there are decent players. And the receiving core is not great, but they do have a bunch of rookies in there that will be will be interesting to watch and we'll keep an eye on. And quite honestly. They're not going to be doing a ton of passing anyways. So it's going to depend on how this ground game uh, comes out and produces and how Lamar can develop and if he can keep the defense honest. And if he can, I think they'll be successful. And if he really can't, they're going to get in alive and he probably won't be the quarterback in 2021 or 2020. But I'd say if I'm a Lamar Jackson stockholder, I'm riding it out. I'm not buying more, but I'm not selling either. Um He's probably my player to watch, and I think we talked about him enough, but who's your guy? So, for me, I'm going to have to say Mark Ingram, just because while I'm not a huge Lamar Jackson supporter, I do understand the threat he has against the Rams in particular. Uh, There were times where, you know, the Rams couldn't really contain mobile quarterbacks, and times where they did, you know, they they did fairly well at containing them. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, if they can contain Lamar Jackson, who is in in a kind of his league of his own when it comes to uh, running, but then kind of mixing in Mark Ingram there, because as you mentioned, it's going to stay on the ground. So this is really Ingram's time to shine. He was kind of overshined by, uh, you know, Alvin Kamara when he was in New Orleans. So it'll be interesting to see that. And, you know, having these two as a running duo is kind of interesting. But going up against the Rams, you know, kind of lackluster linebacking core. Uh, I mean, obviously you have the defensive line, which I think will be fine. But the linebacking core is just mm, a little bit of a question mark at the moment. So in that regard, I think that's going to be where the biggest challenge is. But ultimately, I have the Rams winning this football game. And I think the Rams are going to pull away in a semi-decisive victory. I'm going to say uh, a 30-24 to 24 victory over the Ravens. I think the, I think defensively the Ravens didn't improve at all. I feel, I feel like they took a few major steps backwards. And I think that's going to be the ultimate deciding factor is uh, you get this high-powered offense against, uh, you know, kind of declining defense. And that's going to be the reason why the Rams win this football game. 
Yeah, they did sign Earl Thomas, though, but especially at the linebacker position, they lost a, a lot of talent. Uh, I think this one's going to be a bit of a slog. I'm going to go 24-18 Rams, uh, but I, I, it's another game where I, I'd be surprised if they lose. But uh, I, I'm, re- I'm really excited to watch the Ravens this year just to see how that how they run that offense uh, because we never got Tebow year two. Never got it. And to me, this is kind of the spiritual successor to that season uh, with Lamar Jackson, who I <laughs> they're more similar than you'd think. Uh, Heisman winners, great college players, flawed quarterbacks, but I want to see if they can. I want to see if you could win with them. Speaking of, you might even, oh, go ahead. You might even say it's divine intervention. <laughs> I'm going to church Sunday. Uh, speaking <laughs> of winning. Let's talk about the opposite of winning and travel to Arizona in week 13 to take on the Cardinals, a team who was horrifyingly bad last year. Uh, three and 13. It's they went three and 13, right? Like this just sounds crazy to say out loud. <laughs> yeah, I believe they did. And they, uh, they did. Wow. Instead of winning. It's impressive that they won three games. They swept the 49ers. Wow. They, of all they, teams. Yeah, and they beat the, I believe, the Brett Hundley-led Packers. Oh, no. Aaron Rodgers played that game. Wow. Aaron, right? I forgot about that. <laughs> oh, man, that that is remarkable. Uh, that's a feat. Steve Wilkes should have kept his job just for that. But, uh, <laughs> obviously, he's not their coach. So, Let's talk about their coach. We alluded to this last week when we talked about Zach Taylor. Uh, Cliff Kingsbury is their head coach. I got some takes here, Johnny, but I'll, I'll let you start. Oh, gosh. Okay, so uh, you're talking about a coach that I have absolutely zero faith in. You know, I, I've, I've never been high on the guy, wasn't high on the guy in college, not high on the guy in in, uh, in pros, and already I'm just I'm not seeing, you know, I'm not seeing what you can possibly get out of this guy to get the Cardinals out of their three and thirteen rut. I'm not saying that they won't improve because, man, you, there isn't a whole lot you can get worse than three and thirteen, other than you know the obvious, but, you know, maybe I'm being, I'm being a little too harsh on him too, but you you have to wonder how you went from a coach like Bruce Arians to a guy like him. Like, why? How? How does this happen? Steve, answer these questions. How? Well, we're talking about a coach, you know, at least they bring in a guy who he's coming from college. He he took a program and he brought him out of the water and like he brought him back to the promised land. He's a decorated college coach, real successful. Oh no, wait, we're not. We're talking about a guy who took over as the head coach for his alma mater, uh, went eight and five in his first year and never did better than that and got fired. And couldn't get another head coaching job, so he took an offensive coordinator position at USC. And the Cardinals come in and are like, this is our guy. 
he, he this is the guy we need to hire. I I do not understand it. Uh, it's just honestly, it's worse than the Zach Taylor hire for me. And you heard my thoughts on that last week. Not a big fan, but like this is not the guy I want coaching my football team, man. I don't get it, and I could look. I could be wrong, but I think they just saw a coach who had a sexy office in college who coached Pat Mahomes and overlooked all the clear flaws with this guy. Uh, like it's not like he got fired from a like a program where he might not get hired by he shouldn't have gotten hired to begin with. He got fired from his alma mater. How often do you see a guy who going into a season is considered? like a candidate to be an NFL head coach, get fired by his alma mater and can't get another job. He takes a job at USC, uh, but he leaves to take a head coach job at the NFL because he's not a complete moron. Uh, now, <laughs> look, I'm not rooting against the guy. It'd be a really interesting story if he succeeds. His office is going to be different, but this office, this hire blew my mind, and I think it's terrible. And I said at the time that it was a terrible hire. And then instead of giving their new coach a chance you know, to develop Josh Rosen, who they took in the first round last year, and use a number one pick on a guy like Nick Bosa, who feels like a sh- as sure of a sure thing as you can get, they take Kyler Murray, who is he's been compared to Russell Wilson because they're both short. And they trade Josh Rosen for a third round pick. Like this whole offseason, man, it it it's a swing for the fences. But I feel like their pitcher is the one swinging the bat. Oh, okay. Wow, where to begin there? <laughs> so let's get let's get one thing perfectly clear. Kyler Murray is not Russell Wilson. He never has. Will he? He couldn't even come close to Russell Wilson. And I realize he's never played a snap, so I I can't honestly prove that at this moment. But I'm just going to tell you right now, he's not Russell Wilson. And I don't care what comparison, I don't care what you're going what Cardinal fans or you know, Collar Murray supporters are going to bring to evidence to me, it's it's not going to happen. We can we can get that out of the room just now. Now, whether or not you are a believer in Josh Rosen or not, that's kind of beside the point. When you invest your first-round pick the previous season on a guy like Josh Rosen, who they honestly reached for to begin with anyway, and then trade him away for basically pennies, and now you you're putting your faith in a guy who yeah he has potential but to be honest with you i i'm not a huge murray supporter i i think he has talent and i think i have more faith in them than lamar jackson i'll say that much but i i'm just i'm just questioning the decisions here you know, there was so many top talented players like Nick Bosa that they could have taken and they opted to basically be exactly where they were before the draft began, an unproven quarterback and no other talent 
to supplement that. Right. I it just it baffles me. It really does. I <laughs> I mean, do you think they have a shot against the Rams, Steve? No, absolutely not. But I do wanna like I think you you nailed your point with that. You're giving up on Josh Rosen immediately rather than have him come in and try and play with this offense, complete offensive mastermind that you think you've hired. And like if you have to be so sure that he is not the guy to make this move. Like you have to be a hundred percent positive. And I don't see how you are when the year before you, you drafted him uh, to, to think he has a chance of being that guy. And you know, it's not like they drafted Andrew Luck. They didn't draft a generational surefire quarterback prospect. I I think Kyler Murray, like odds are, he'll probably be a good quarterback. Uh, I wouldn't bet against him, but guy's got one real year as a starter under his belt. Hey, in his defense, it was an incredible season, but you t- he is far from a sure thing. He has one real year of tangible proof that he could be a great quarterback and he was really good but that that's all you got and to completely just give up on Rosen like that uh to view it as a sunk cost and just walk away they got to be so sure that he sucks like you have to be more sure of it than anything in your life I think to make that decision and like I say even if you're you're so sure that Murray will be that guy it's just too risky with that pick to me, and and the fact that I hate the cliffing the Kingsbury hire kind of just amplifies things. Um, yeah, I don't, you got any final thoughts on that? I mean, do you think there's any chance that this team competes for the playoffs next year? I think if all of the other teams, all their starters go down simultaneously. You might have a chance. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I I really don't have a lot of faith in the Cardinals. And while I do think that they improved ever so slightly, it, it might buy them like a game or two. They might, you know, finish with five wins instead of three. I Even that would be a stretch if you ask me, though. I mean, they, yeah, they made some good moves in free agency. Uh, but I just I don't like that Murray pick. And... It's not that I don't like the Murray pick. It's just I think I'd rather have Josh Rosen and Nick Bosa and give it a shot than have Kyler Murray. Uh, my my player to watch here, I'm curious to see about David Johnson. Uh, a lot of people call it a, a, a terrible year. and like It wasn't great, but all things considered, he actually had a pretty decent year considering how horrible that football team was. Um, I... I'm curious to see him in this new, you know, shiny car offense that might not actually run, but we'll see if it does. And hypothetically, for Kyler Murray to be successful and for this team to be successful, you need to give Johnson the ball a hell of a lot of times. And he's coming off a bad year, but look, I'm a believer in his talent. I think he will bounce back. I don't know if it'll be this year, though, because I got to see how this offense looks. I, he's the cog that should keep the wheel moving, but we'll see what happens. Uh, who you got, and then you can go ahead and make your prediction. Uh, you know, I, I kind of with you. I think the 
I think David Johnson's a guy to watch for. But for the sake of butting heads, I'm going to say that uh, the entire wide receiving core, just because (laughs) you're talking about a receiving core that has somewhat potential. You have, you know, obviously a very aging Larry Fitzgerald. And let's face it, if you look at his stats last season, he took a major step backward from his career, which is understandable considering, you know, he's an older guy now. Mm-hmm. Um, but he still makes plays happen. So, you know, uh, this is a guy that I still would want on, on any team, really. He's that good still. Uh, so there's that. Then you have. Christian Kirk, who I think we haven't really seen him live up to his potential yet. And if he does, you have a really talented speedster there. And your boy, Kevin White, is also How on is the... that my boy? That's your boy. <laughs> your boy, Kevin White, is on the team. So, uh, yeah, um, everyone's still still waiting for him to to be that first-round talent that uh, everyone thought he was going to be. I'm not going to lie. I thought he was going to be very talented, too. But uh, Well, he's, he's yeah. just been so injured, man. The poor guy. He, he can't catch a break with injuries. Like I said, your boy. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, on to the prediction. I think that this is going to be a merciless thrashing from the Rams. I, I think this is going to be... A 52 to 24 victory over the Rams. Or, I mean, over the Cardinals. Whew, that would have been an awful thing to say. <laughs> I, yeah, I got 41 27. Uh, if you ask me if those 27 come during the game or more in garbage time, probably lean towards the latter. But, like, it, it wouldn't shock me if, the, if they scored some points on us. Uh, I. <laughs> Yeah, poor Kevin White, dude. He got drafted in 2015, right? Yeah. He played – last year he played nine games. Before that, total of five games over the course of three years. Uh, So, I mean, the poor guy, he never really got a fair shake. I'd love to see him have a comeback. That'd be incredible, but I'm I'm definitely not buying into it. So, after – 12 games. You got the Rams 11 and 1. I got them 10 and 2. I mean, not bad. <laughs> not bad. Not at all. I I really hope either one of us comes true. Hopefully me so I can have a year of bragging again. <laughs> um, I guess it's just a final question before we wrap it up. Uh we'll finish the schedule next week and we'll probably talk about some other things cuz we've already talked about three of those teams. What is the lowest win total that I could say the Rams would have next season uh, that you could wouldn't be shocked by? Win total, so like percentage, like just like the lowest number of wins they have that like wouldn't leave you floored if it actually happens. I would say anything lower than ten, anything lower than ten wins. I would say is a disappointing season. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'd say 10 and 6 is a little disappointing too, but I that's my number. Like, if you told me you traveled back in time and the Rams went 10 and 6 in the regular season, I wouldn't be shocked. Uh, it is 
not a total cakewalk of a schedule. And some of these games are tough. And look, as a team that just came from the Super Bowl, do I think they'd be so unmotivated that they missed the playoffs? No. But I could see, you know, a little Super Bowl hangover uh, hit them in some of these games. But clearly, based on our predictions, we don't think that's going to happen. But I just want to, I just like to preface people and say, like, look, that might happen. Uh, it might not all be peaches and cream here. All right. But I think we could wrap up. Get excited, Johnny, to talk about the Cardinals, 49ers, and Seahawks again next week. Uh, <laughs> all right. Well, let's do this. Let's do it. All right, guys. You know the drill. Don't forget five-star ratings if you enjoyed the show. And don't forget to follow us. You can follow me on Twitter at Steve Ribeiro and Johnny at johnny 5 not 6 And subscribe to the podcast wherever you're getting your podcasts. And... Uh, yeah, and don't forget to follow Rams Talk at Talk Rams. And like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Rams Talk. For Johnny Gomez, Steve Barrow. meet you guys next week. Tell Sean Payton, keep talking that We're going to see him soon. You feel me? control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand a chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. The NBA is back. Where else can a city this loud be this slept on? And 30 feet is still in range. Where else is history? Still in the make. The NBA, only here. Season begins December 22nd on ABC, ESPN, TNT, and NBA TV.